Welcome to the recap at the end of week 22. Uh, congratulations again on getting through another two weeks. Um, we have had some interesting books in the last uh, two weeks, week 21 and 22. And to finish off week 22, we had what we all love is a good old genealogy for two days. Um, a lot of those names are wrong. Um, you can look them up for yourselves in First Chronicles and also First Kings just to find out a little bit more uh, and how badly some of those names are pronounced. Hopefully it's brought you some humour and joy in the midst of what can be otherwise two days of random names. Um, there's something interesting in about genealogies and we look at that as we get into the New Testament because of course the New Testament begins with the genealogy. And so there's something about genealogies that interests these people, um, maybe not us, but we have to go along with it. But for today's recap, we're going to look at Solomon, who we've looked at and read the words of for these last two weeks. Um, Solomon life, his Solomon's life, his whole life is summed up in these last three weeks that we've read through the Book of Kings, then into Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes as well, uh, and then right through to Solomon's death at day 152 during week 22 there is so much to look at i i love the book of proverbs and i hope you find some of them interesting i hope you can take on board some of them um you may recognize of course many of them there's some that are wonderful and that you can quote at your wife there are some that um quote more to ourselves and we have to think about and wrestle with um but i'll leave you to those um we're not going to look particularly at any of those we could look at wisdom wisdom's judgment solomon's judgment his wisdom those are two separate things um of course in the last recap we looked at solomon's first act as king involving the the two prostitutes and the child and interestingly i was just listening on the news there this morning and essentially the same thing has happened we have a British father and his wife have spoken of their heartbreak after being given the wrong baby by a hospital in El Salvador last year. Richard Cushworth and his Salvadorian wife Mercy have now been allowed to travel home to the US with their son Moses after DNA tests prove he had been swapped with another boy. The couple had been waiting over eight months for a birth certificate. And so this mother uh, really just echoes the story that that we've heard of these two prostitutes who came into solomon's uh, court and where it's taken this modern era eight months to find out dna tests to see if this mother actually was right and that this was her child uh, solomon made this judgment literally within seconds and was able to tell just by using his wisdom that was god given to find out whose mother this child actually was who who this child belonged to uh, and so that's just something i found interesting today on the 2nd of june as we come to think about this and come to think about solomon's wisdom maybe our society isn't just so advanced as we think maybe our society can't rely purely on its own we have these wonderful technologies of course and dna tests and other things are wonderful to have uh, but it's taken eight months for this family to realize and to find out and to be granted the fact that this child was theirs uh, and so a lot to be said for solomon and his wisdom uh, we could look through ecclesiastes and again we've mentioned before that the bible talks about real life and it deals with real life uh, and nothing's hidden we can't say that the bible never has our sorrows or, or has our thoughts in it because this whole book of ecclesiastes that we read for a few days 
has lots of my feelings on it. There's lots of times when I have wondered if anything is meaningless, if everything is futile. Um, I talk about this in my book, remember how it goes, that the word used there is like uh, vanishing, it's like mist. Uh, and so like a, a mist appears, like a vapour appears and then disappears again. That that's the word he's using. It's it's not that it's it's meaningless and that kind of we can't find meaning in something that we study or examine, but that it's like a vapor. It just kind of comes and goes and vanishes. And so there's lots of things in Ecclesiastes we could look at. Um, Solomon's wisdom and and his realness uh, in that. And so you can take that and and study through Ecclesiastes yourselves, um, and hopefully you'll find that it's a real book. And again echoes the sentiment that the Bible is real to life and never shies away. But what we're going to look at um, is Solomon's downfall. There's lots of things in our society at the minute about marriage. There's lots of things in our society about the family and what is right for the family and, and what works best for a family and how we should should show that and be that. Um, I wasn't sure to go down this line, um, but there, there's lots of debate about outbound marriage, uh, and our church, my church, the Presbyterian Church, uh, has certain biblical viewpoints on marriage, um, and often not only my church and as a denomination, but churches can, I think, look at the wrong end of the stick. We have. Um, we feel like we have to defend marriage at the minute in society and we feel like we have to cling to this biblical understanding of marriage. And it always just intrigues me that when we come across a story like Solomon, who was, uh, and even David and many in the Old Testament, who were blessed by God and who God looked upon them as, as they were they were God's people, they were God's kings, they had God's blessing. And here we have Solomon who in 1 Kings 11 tells us he had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. And so the whole society norm of marriage that we look at is very Western, is not the way marriage is perceived in the Old Testament, certainly. Yes, when we get into the New Testament, it, it's different, uh, and we can quote Genesis and various aspects of marriage, but marriage is a very different thing. It's a, it's a bigger issue than what we tend to make it sometimes and we tend to think and say that well if people are married and they have children everything's going to be fine uh, I just want to show for a, a few minutes that maybe that's not the case because Solomon had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines and that in itself wasn't the issue God didn't seem to remove his blessing from Solomon because of the number of wives or concubines that he had? No, in fact at that time that was a sign of God's blessing his wives and concubines. What happened was that, as it says in the very next part of that verse, and they turned his heart away from the Lord. And it goes on to say that they turned his heart to worshipping their gods, the Asherahs, the Poles, all these other things. And so it wasn't in fact that he had these wives. It wasn't the fact that he had these concubines. And I'll let your, you do your own research on what a concubine was and what it was used for. It, sorry, my apologies, what that person, that lady was used for. But it was that his heart was not completely with the Lord his God as his father David's heart had been. 
He followed Ashtore, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight, and he did not completely follow the Lord. That was because his heart was turned away by these wives and concubines. It wasn't the wives and concubines, it was that he allowed his heart to be turned away from them. When it comes to marriage, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to sex, when it comes to I'll say drugs in a, in a certain aspect of, of drugs when it comes to even random things like there used to be in Northern Ireland like going to the cinema on a Sunday lots of these things we can put in the way and say well if you do these things then your heart is not with the Lord um, I'm not sure God condemns those practices but rather that God condemns the fact that those practices can not always but can turn our hearts away from the Lord and it's the same in marriage we hold marriage up as an idol we hold marriage as if you can get married and have children God everything will be fine whereas often and I've met people who don't want to spend time with their wife who don't want to spend time with their kids who are married and so under the eyes of the church they're fine they're okay they're good but their hearts are so far from the Lord because their hearts have been turned by other things, of course, away from the Lord. And so just as an example, I wanted just to point this out. Solomon was deeply attached to these women and loved them. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines and they turned his heart away from the Lord. Solomon also said in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 Guard your heart above all else for it is the source of life. That's what we need to think about. That's what we need to take as the challenge, as the lesson, as the, the wisdom from Solomon and his story. Uh, as well as all else that we've mentioned. Guard your heart. Guard your heart from being judgmental. Guard your heart from being condescending. Guard your heart from thinking that you have it all worked out. Guard your heart from all these practices, all the things that turn your heart away from the Lord. Guard your heart from the desire of wealth, of money, of being better than somebody else just for being better, of keeping up with their neighbours. Guard your heart, for it is the source of life. Hopefully you've enjoyed the last couple of weeks. Um, if you have questions about that, if you want me to clarify anything, if you disagree, great. Come back and we can discuss those things. Um, we might touch on them again if that happens in week 24. Um, but in the meantime, guard your hearts.